0: This is episode 294 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are 11 Items You Shouldn't Have in Your Bug Out Bag and DIY Emergency Water Pouches Taking Care of Dehydration. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary. Of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 294. I'm so glad that you are here today uh, listening to another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. Hey, a couple of things before we get started. Uh, you know, today on Twitter, I, I saw that um, Israel, or they believe that Israel, did another bombing run in Syria, and so uh, news is still out on that. But again, we—I I talked about this here <laughs> yesterday. Anytime things go on over there, we need to keep our eyes open. Uh, you know, I recently uh, released, or actually this evening. So for those of you that are new to, to the podcast and don't know. I do, I record the podcast the night before, uh, so the, the Tuesday podcast, I'm recording it on Monday night, and uh, I released the weekly Watchmen, and so that is an article of videos that uh, I, I just kind of gather and uh, curate and put together in one article, just kind of make it easy for you. Of uh, Prophecy teachers that I like to listen to, uh, Jacob Prash had some uh, good analysis uh, this time around on talking well he i think he always has good analysis i don't like that in his videos they add a whole bunch of like news uh, footage and stuff like that and just it's the purpose is to make it longer but it's just no one really cares about that you can get that anywhere and so uh, but anyway on on this one yeah if you forward through and you get to his actual analysis one of the things is you know they've got drills going on over there but they're putting so much firepower power over there that this goes beyond drills and stuff and so you've got to think about you know Trump has said hey uh you know mission accomplished right on the Syria thing that happened this weekend but uh, I don't know I think that might be just a distraction and uh, you know I think there's there's more going on and so that was one thing that he said that kind of um, you know that I kind of zeroed in on a little bit is that you know there's a lot of military Hardware. There's a lot of military personnel going over there, going that way, and so we just need to keep our eyes uh, peeled for what's going on over there. And just, uh, I, I just, I think that's important. So uh, be prepared. Be prepared on that one. Uh, so I, I'm going to link to the Weekly Watchman in the show notes if you're interested in going over there. I think it's always good, even if you're not interested in the biblical prophecy aspect of it. And a lot, of, I mean, it's not like they're hammering the Bible all the time. But they are talking about current events, and I think uh, I think those are important. And so, definitely need to uh, you know, e- even if you're not a Christian, I-, I would suggest you just go listen. Maybe one time, at least listen to John Haller's uh, you know video and and see if where you go from there. Along those lines, I was listening to a podcast today. Um, the second part, and I-, I talked about it last week. Jan Markell's understanding the time. Uh, podcast on social media. And I, I talked a little bit about that, that that was crazy. I'm going to link to this one as well in the show notes. Uh, and it's just one of those things that really kind of gets you thinking that they can track a lot of your movement. They can track a lot of what you do because of your phone. And so here here's the implication for preppers, right? Even if you're not a Christian or a believer or, or any of that kind of stuff, here's the implication for preppers let's say you don't even deal with the whole uh social media thing like you don't care about facebook twitter you've never liked it whatsoever but let's just say you've connected your phone to gmail or any other google product right and so you have a uh, somehow you have a, a google account connected so let's say you go out to your place out in the country your survival retreat that nobody knows about and so this phone, and let's say you decide to, you know, put, to put your phone on airplane mode, or let's just say you don't worry about it because where you go, you don't have coverage anyway. So you get to a certain point, and coverage starts to uh, run, you know, run out, and so you know it's not there. Well, just like Eric Barger in the in the the podcast before, in the week one of Jan Markell's podcast he talked about that there was a, a Tucker Carlson uh, report that on Fox News that the a reporter had his phone on airplane mode and was traveling around the city specific places when they went you, when they went back to the studio and turned on Wi-Fi that is when they Google started downloading all the information where they had been even when it was on airplane mode so you have your phone and you don't have signal, whatever, but you're out there. And so the the phone is still tracking kind of like where have you have been, where you've gone on the map or whatever. And so when you get back to a point where it can connect to the internet, then it's sending, it's sending that information there. So you think that you have hidden, you have this hidden place that no one could ever know or anybody from the government or whatever. And I'm not saying that Google is tied into the government, the way that they're selling it right now is that they market it to uh or they're they're collecting data on you to be able to to market to you to be able to uh bring you know, put in front of your eyes the things that are most likely you that you're going to buy the things that you're interested in but here's the thing what if that gets into the wrong hands right i mean because everything that you do i mean there's so much you can do on your phone and and, and all the profiles it's building a profile on you And so, yeah, they can say it's building a sales profile on you, uh, you know, to sell you. But what if they someone got that information and decided to use it in another way? And that's and so that's really, guys, that's what I've been really thinking about a lot. And here's the thing, you know, um, John John Haller said something last week. He said the genie's out of the bottle and it's kind of like Pandora's box. It's like Pandora's box has been opened and there's a lot of information out there. The thing that you need to think about is how are you going to move from here on forward. And again, I think that, and I and I said this a long, long time ago because people would tell me when when I would do things on Facebook for prepper website, and they would say, "Well, I don't get on social media. Why can't you just do it for the website?" And my thing is that if you are on the internet at all, forget it. I mean, there you know, there is tracking cookies, there is your IP address, there's all these things you know, that, that's out there. Okay. Maybe there's not as much information. You're not putting out as much information, but you're still, there's still information. You're still connected. And so Pandora's box has been opened. The genie has been, you know, his genie is out of the bottle, can't be put back in, however you want to describe it. The the thing is, is how are you going to navigate from here on out? And so, you know, one of the things that I have uh, chosen to do or decided to do is, uh i'm gonna i'm not doing anything different as far as social media twitter i use to uh, gather information as far as news sites that i follow Um, prepper website or my facebook page i post a devotional i use that uh to kind of you know promote the gospel and to share uh jesus with everybody and and there's still going to be the facebook page and the facebook group I just don't know how active I'm going to be. There, There's some things that go there automatically. So, I mean, a lot of things on Facebook go automatically. And sometimes I will share like a funny video or something like that, like I've recently done on the Facebook page. But, you know, as far as information, you know, that, that I'm giving and maybe not even posting pictures anymore, you know, I, I'm really considering that. Um, the thing that I'm going to talk about tomorrow, the thing that I'm really excited about to talk to you about tomorrow is going to touch on this a little bit and so uh, i'm again i'm really looking forward to it and uh, i hope you will tune into episode 295 but just some things you know that's not i i, I don't want to like man just todd you're starting out the podcast with this you know this big negative like you know uh this this thing is just like man put everybody in a depressed mode and and really that's not what i'm trying to do I, it's more along the lines of hey you know here's some things that we need to consider and what are we going to do about it we need to be thinking about it you know all those conflicted scenarios that we've been putting out you know that i put out every every thursday you know for the thursday podcast maybe that's a conflicted scenario the government you know uh, is starting to use your your google profile to track you you know how are you going to you know how are you going to handle it how, how are you going to think you know do do this thing think th- this thing through Maybe it's again, like we talk about the gray man, situational awareness out there. Maybe you start employing some of the same uh, tactics on social media where you are the gray man, where you are just, you know, you are just posting the, 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 regular stuff like everybody else. Maybe you, you blend in like all your friends and, and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you just start posting random things. Like one day you post a picture of a cat or a video of a cat. And the next day you post a, a weird video, a polka dancing video. And and the next day, you know, you, you uh, tag an article, you know, on, you know, Star Wars, you know, you know, just whatever. And you're so you're throwing so many different things out there that the profile that is being built on you is, you know, it has all these wacky things, right? Maybe that's what needs to be done, right? I don't know. So I uh, just kind of wanted to throw it out there. If you guys have any kind of um, ideas or, or, you know, if you've been processing this a little bit and, and you want to share, you know, come on over to episode 294 uh, of, the, of the Prepper Website Podcast and leave a comment. And I'd love to be able to read that and share it with the rest of uh, the podcast community. And uh, just, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Is, is, is there anything different that you're doing on social media, um, I would not. Well, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm not going to close down my Facebook page or my Facebook profile. And the reason being is that even though you close it down, from what I understand, it still stays. Your information still stays on the server. So I would rather be able to control my 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 account and and have access to it, readily have access to it, and uh, you know be able to, to handle it that way. And so uh, I'm not going to shut it down. Like I said, I, I continue to promote the gospel and my devotional that I do every, uh, you know, every every day, every morning. Uh, as I do it, I post it there. So uh, you know that's where I'm going. But if you have any thoughts and any ideas, I'd love to hear them. And I'd love to share them. I think that will be valuable. I think the preparedness community has a lot of smart people out there. And if you have a, an idea that can help someone, that would be greatly appreciated. Alright, so uh, enough with that. Let's go ahead and move into our first article of the podcast. It comes to us from AskAPrepper.com and the article is entitled 11 Items You Shouldn't Have in Your Bug-Out Bag. And so let's go ahead and start reading this one. Whether we're experienced survivalists or just starting out in preparedness, we constantly talk about the top items to include in a bug-out bag, get-home bag, or everyday carry kit. However, with so much focus on what items to bring, you can easily end up with too much gear. The point of these packs is to bring only the items you absolutely need to survive the SHTF scenario. Anything more than that is simply weighing you down. In this article, we will cover the top items to avoid in your bug out bag to ensure you have the best chance of success. And guys, I would want to add here um, on this article The purpose of the bug out bag is to get you to your location is to get you to your bug out location whether that is out in the country whether that is a hotel whether that is a camping ground whether that is you know a family member's house whatever it might be it's not necessarily just to survive uh you know survive the 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 situation that you're in the the poop hit the fan situation that you're in that that situation could possibly last years you can't live out of but live out of a bug out bag for two years right so but the idea is to get you to the place that you need to get to and so uh you know keep that in mind and i'm gonna i'll refer to that as well as we're moving forward so number one is a pre-made bug out bag in my opinion the worst mistake a survivalist can make is trying to take the easy way out A prime example of this is buying a bug out bag already stocked with gear. This scenario has two big problems. The first is that it allows the vendor to pack the bag with cheap products that will likely break the first time they are used. They get to jack up their profit margin while the buyer does not know the difference. However the main problem is that this encourages people to trust that the bag itself will save them. Most people that buy one of these bags will never open it up to learn about the items inside. If you really want to be prepared for a survival scenario, take the time to buy your bug out essentials one piece at a time. Then learn how to use them properly. Hey, I, I couldn't agree more with this, uh, with this first one. Uh, buying a pre-made bug out bag is not a, usually a very good idea. Um, you know, you might, if you get, uh, like for instance, I had uh, somebody from church told me that they were at a, uh, a, a, an estate sale And they found two bug out bags that they bought for very, very cheap. Now, something like that, I would say, yeah, buy it because you're going to get the bag. You're going to get some of that gear and some of that gear is going to be okay. It's kind of like when you buy a first aid kit and you realize it's like, okay, you know, one of those first aid kits from the store. Right. Or, uh, you know, something like, you know, Survival Hacks has a a nice little first aid kit for like under twelve dollars. That they are, you know, providing providing to prepper website readers, right? So I have been advertising that one, but that's a starter. That's a start, a way to start. And so you take that pre made first aid kit, you see what's in there, and then you go ahead and you start building on top of that. So it gives you a place to start from. And so you know, if you were to get a really cheap bug out bag, you were able to find one like my friend at church did, and he was able to do in a, you know, at an estate sale then yeah, go ahead and do that. But some of these companies have these pre-made bug out bags for hundreds of dollars. And I would say, no way, you know, don't, don't go there. Um, It is better to, uh, you know, buy your own bug out bag. And, you know, when when I talk about buy your own bug out out bag, I recently talked about this, I believe in a video, but, you know, going to a resale shop, you can find some really good, uh, you know, really good backpacks, uh, you know, brand names for very, very cheap and use those, right? And so get one of those, and then you start adding the items that you really truly need, not just stuff that someone is going to, you know, pre-stock in there. And so uh, there are companies that will, that do have bug out bags that you can buy that are, you know, it's premium gear, and they really do a good job. It's, it's not junk, it's good stuff, but you are paying a fortune for it. So, you know, you're paying, you're paying for the convenience of being able to get it all you know in a one-stop shop and they send it to you and then you feel like you're good and you're prepared that's again you don't it still defeats the purpose of you knowing what's in that bag and being able to use what's in that bag so the best advice here is to make your bug out bag I do have a page over on the prepper website podcast.com that I link to a ton of articles that will uh that talk about bug out bags and about building bug out bags and the kind of gear that should go into bug out bags and uh you know you can get to it from the front page uh what do i put in my survival kit and uh, there's a lot more than just bug out bags there but uh, if you are wanting to build a bug out bag uh, definitely that is a place that you, you can start there but definitely don't don't go buy one of these off of Amazon or one of these you know emergency essentials or whatever and, and buy one of these pre-made bug out bags. That's just not the way to go. Number two is too much water. Having water for survival is great. However, having a way to purify water is better. Water is heavy, really heavy. Enough water for just one day of survival weighs about eight and a half pounds. However, a filter or iodine tablets can purify hundreds of gallons of water and only weighs a few ounces. If you are smart, you can almost always find a water source for purification. Uh, Agree with this one, definitely. uh, But, you know, I would have pouches where I can carry a little bit more uh, water. Uh, Maybe, you know, having like a double canteen or, you know, I talked about that in the video as well. I shared one thing that I purchased uh you know like two sports bottles on a belt that you can easily get like a you know wally world or whatever uh, but uh, definitely agree that you need to have uh ways to uh, purify and filter water in your in your bug out bag now here's the other thing if you are bugging out then you know where you're going that's you know you have a plan and you also should have a route and you should have already looked at that route and you sh- on a map and also uh, driven it or walked it or, you know, whatever. Uh, you should you know, know the different water sources that are along that route. So on your plan A, plan B, plan C, that's the thing that you want to do. You, you, when you bug out, you know, the idea, you're not just bugging out into the woods and going out into the woods and surviving. And so, you know, you should know where you are going and you know where those water sources are. So definitely have, uh, you know, have a way to filter water. Number three is too much food. Again, having food is great. However, having dozens of cans in your pack does not make much sense. In addition, a human can survive three weeks without food if needed. Packs of MREs are expensive and heavy as well. It is much better to have the tools you need to gather food. This can include supplies to build snares and construct spears or a field guide to help you gather wild edible plants. So I am not going to agree here with that last couple of the last couple of sentences here, where you can build snares and construct spears and and uh, field guys to, to gather wild edibles. Because again, I feel, it's my opinion, that the bug out bag is the the purpose of that is to get to your bug out location. So you you don't want to waste time hunting and gathering and all that type of stuff. You want to get to your bug out location where you are safe and you have other resources. So, if your bug out bag or I'm sorry, your bug out location is 1 to 2 days away, you want to have food that you can eat while you're on the run, right? And not literally running, but you know what I'm saying, you are out there and you are getting to your bug out location. So trail mix, bars, protein bars or energy bars or, you know, if, if there's one that you like uh, out there that doesn't taste like cardboard, um, you know, having those types of things that will give you energy and you can eat while you're going if you are your bug out location where the place that you're bugging out to is going to be longer i would suggest having a little bit of food because you know after a couple of days you're going to want to have something you know solid to fill your stomach and you're going to want to rejuvenate yourself and uh, you know whatever so you want to have some decent food i would not go with mres because the mres are heavy I would go more with dehydrated food. And in a video that I did on uh, on bug out bags and in bug out locations and all that kind of stuff, I did talk about, or food to store in your bug out bags um, on, on YouTube. I did talk about having some dehydrated food if you wanted to do that. And then, again, legacy food, you can do that. You can break it down into smaller packages and you can you know, use that uh, if you're bugging out, if you didn't want to carry something. Something that was already pre-made or if you wanted something that was solid and warm, you know, some kind of pasta that would really stick to your bones. So uh, that's my advice right there for you. Number four is alcohol. While it may be tempting to drown your sorrows with a stiff drink, it is not a smart move. Alcohol will dehydrate you and make you less coordinated. The bottle can break, it is bulky, it is heavy, and it is one of the first things people will try to steal. The only reason to bring any alcohol is potentially for bartering. Okay, again, yeah, don't. I agree with this one. Don't put alcohol in your bug-out bag. Tobacco. This is small. This is number five. This is similar to bringing alcohol. While it is not nearly as heavy, tobacco will only slow you down. You are best to kick the habit before you hit the trail. You may want to bring a bit for bartering, but that is it. Uh, Again, I would not. You're not bartering. You know, this isn't. uh, Again, the purpose is you're getting to your bug-out location. Uh, plus if you are smoking you know that is giving off a smell if you are trying to be a little bit more stealthy number six is a large tent while a small camp tent might be functional a tarp or emergency blanket would be more functional once you know how to use these items they will take up less space also ditching the tent poles will help you save some weight guys there's a lot of great articles on building shelter with just a tarp and uh, if you need to that is uh, definitely the way to go number seven large heavy weapons or fishing equipment i do love having a gun or a bow with me when i need to survive they are great for getting meat and defending yourself however some are just not practical i prefer to carry a handgun a breakdown 22 rifle or a small crossbow instead of a deer rifle or a compound bow a full-sized fishing rod falls into the same category you can reduce the weight and bulk you're carrying by going with a breakdown rod, a gill net, or a simple fishing kit. Okay, again, so, you know, you know what I'm going to say here. You're not fishing, you're not hunting when you're when you're bugging out. You're getting to your bug out location. I don't know and but I'm also I don't know if I agree with not having a weapon, right? So, if you're bugging out depending on the situation, you might want to have, you know, uh, a, a firearm. Uh, you know, some something that's uh, pretty sturdy, more than a twenty-two, depending on the situation. I mean, if it is like the the real thing, definitely, you know. And so you need to, to consider that. Um, I do love those twenty-twos that you can break down. Uh, one of my uh, friends at church has one, and we, you know, it was just like a single shot. But I mean, it was it was pretty accurate. It was it was a nice one. Uh, and so anyway. Uh, you know, those are nice to kind of stick in your, in your pack, but you, you know, I, like I said, depending on the situation, if you need something a little, some more heavy firepower, um, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not that much against it. You know, it just depends on how bad the situation is. All right, uh, let's move on, but definitely I'm not taking any fishing equipment or anything like that. I mean, not anything bigger than, uh, you know, like a little small mini fishing kit that would be in my bug out bag. Number eight is heavy bedding or clothing. While there are exceptions to every rule, I rarely strap a huge sleeping bag or blanket on my pack. In most cases, you can survive just fine with dry clothes and an emergency blanket or bivy sack. You can easily add 20 pounds of weight to your pack if you go all out on bedding or other fabric. And guys, you really this is going to be determined on what season, uh, what time of the year it is and where you live. Number nine, large electronic items. While small items such as an emergency radio or a single cell phone make some sense, you can take it too far. Bringing tablets, laptops, DVD players, or large radios will just add too much weight and bulk to your pack. You are better off bringing a couple of books, magazines, or maybe a handheld radio. Um, And I don't know how I feel about this one either, right? Um, You know, if if it was the big one and you knew, uh, you know, it was the real big one uh i've always talked about you know uh, dr bones and nurse amy's survival medicine handbook I, w- I would probably definitely want that that book but as far as all the other magazines like you can put a-, a kindle you can have a kindle that would be smaller than magazines and uh you know a handheld radio and you can carry a lot of books in there and you know the the power will last a long time you can get one of the small solar chargers to charge it up and uh, that might be, you know, be, that way you can uh, charge up your small radio and those types of things. Um, so, you know, you really got to think that one through and see if that one's worth it. Um, emergency radio or maybe a ham radio that you can connect and, and listen in on what's going on might be the way to go. So, uh, definitely agree that you don't want really big electronic items, but, uh, you know, think that one through and, and think about what you're willing to, you uh, Uh, to give up to have maybe some of these uh things like you know communication and radio and maybe something like a a, a small kindle that can carry a bunch of uh you know books and information on there for you all right number 10 is large heavy tools with single purpose quality tools are the backbone of any good bug out bag however you absolutely must take measure to conserve space and weight this means that an item like a multi-tool is perfect Instead of bringing a wrench, a knife, a socket set, and two screwdrivers, you can bring one multi-tool. Instead of bringing an axe, a saw, and a hammer, you can bring a tool that has all three built in. And so, just test out that that um, that equipment, whichever one it is, and make sure that it is quality. If you know some of the there's there's some junk out there that you can get, and just make sure that it's quality if you're going to be relying on on this stuff right here. Number eleven is climbing rope. You may think that climbing rope is a good item for your pack. While cordage is a quality item to bring, climbing rope is expensive and heavy. You can easily fill up two-thirds of your pack with 100 feet of climbing rope. A good alternative is 550 paracord. It can hold 550 pounds of weight and can easily be split open to use the seven interior strands. If you are simply needing to keep your balance while you climb up or down an obstacle, paracord can do just fine. In most cases, you can work your way around a sheer obstacle to find a more suitable path. When you are assembling your bug out bag, get home bag, or everyday carry kit, you need to ask yourself two primary questions. Do I really need this and is there an item that would be smaller or weigh less? I like to go through my pack a few times each year to reevaluate the contents. I check the condition of each item, check expiration dates, and look for new items that have come to market. This way, I know that I will always be ready to use every item in my pack to its fullest. All right, so a lot of information here. Um, you know, sometimes I, I agree with everything in an article. Other times, I, I you know, I, I agree with some and, you know, try to give you my perspective and my opinion on that. And uh, that's just kind of where I'm coming with, uh, you know, when we talk about bug out bags and stuff like that. So I uh, do agree with the uh, unique cordage. You definitely need to have some cordage. Uh, in there but not necessarily a climbing rope there so uh, this is again guys over at askaprepper.com there's a lot of links here that you can click to and go check out other things that are related to uh, this article here uh, 11 items you shouldn't have in your bug out bag all right our next article comes to us from backdoorsurvival.com and this is an interesting article um, I don't know if you've ever seen those water pouches, you know, you know, like a Capri Sun, like a kid might take in their lunch, which really you shouldn't. There were just so many uh, videos back in the day, you know, probably a couple of years ago where people would open up a Capri Sun and there was all this nasty gook on the inside of, uh, of it that, you know, kids were didn't realize and they were drinking. So anyway, so something along those lines, right? With, with my, they're back, basically mylar pouches. And you can buy them, you know, in and, and, uh, you know they uh, a decent amount of money, right? But you can buy them; they're usually pretty sturdy, uh, and uh, you can put them in your bug out bags or you can carry them in your EDC or whatever you want to do. There. Well, this article talks about making your own, and uh, just uh, you know a good take on 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 that. And so you, it's very interesting, I thought, um, because they make their pouches a little bit bigger than the ones that you can buy, and it's so much. Uh, more cost-effective to make your own, and so just a little bit of experimentation. And so I think this is an interesting article here. Uh, you know, for somebody who doesn't want to carry around a bunch of big plastic bottles, uh, you know, this might be the way to go. And so uh, a lot of this article talks about dehydration, and there's a lot of good information here. So the first part of the article talks about dehydration, talks a little bit about some recipes that you should know and maybe you want to go to this article or yeah over to backdoor survival and print off this article or at least get the recipes for uh for some of these uh you know recipes to uh to rehydrate yourself and to put those electrolytes back inside of you and then it talks about towards the end the emergency water pouches and so uh you know just a a lot of good information here so let's go ahead and start Again, the title is DIY Emergency Water Pouches Taking Care of Dehydration. What is dehydration? It's causes and solutions. Dehydration happens when you use or lose more fluid than you take in, and your body doesn't have enough water and other fluids to carry out its normal functions. If you don't or can't replace lost fluids, you will get dehydrated. In the past five months, two family members have become dehydrated one older person, and one 20-month-old. The first was from an infected kidney stone. The baby's dehydration happened because of vomiting and diarrhea. Anyone may become dehydrated, but the condition is especially dangerous for babies, young children, and other adults. The most common cause of dehydration in babies and young children is severe diarrhea and vomiting. Because of their small size and low body weight, dehydration can happen quickly. In the beginning, it can easily go unnoticed, so it's important to learn how to recognize the symptoms and know when how to treat this condition and how to avoid it in the first place if possible. Always encourage children to drink water, especially when they're playing outside. Make it easily available. One key factor in maintaining hydration is keeping the proper balance of electrolytes. When you sweat, you lose electrolytes. Nausea and vomiting can deplete electrolytes quickly. Without them in proper balance, you can become dehydrated. It is a good idea to keep a bottle or two of Pedialyte or the ingredients to make your own electrolyte solution, available in your home at all times. The recipe to follow. This drink is made to replace lost electrolytes in children. It comes in flavors and unlike the Pedialyte of the past, which tasted very salty, the newer version is more palatable. People often think that Pedialyte and Gatorade are interchangeable. Here is what I discovered. The Pedialyte website says that the difference between Pedialyte and sports drinks is that sports drinks are too high in carbohydrates and too low in sodium for children generally. These are important considerations when treating dehydration due to vomiting and diarrhea in infants and children. For athletes, however, that difference can make the difference. With lower carbohydrates and higher sodium, athletes could experience different results with Pedialyte than they do with Gatorade. So keeping both products on hand as part of your medical preparedness may be essential. Here are two electrolyte replacement recipes you can make at home and they don't have to be concerned about artificial colors and flavors. Don't worry about electrolyte replacement as long as you or your child are eating food and drinking water. So here's a strawberry smoothie electrolyte recipe, Gatorade replacement for adults. Three cups of coconut water, I have read that coconut water is similar in structure used in IV fluid replacement therapy. 1 cup of strawberries, 1 cup of cold water, 1 cup of ice, 1 eighth teaspoon of salt, 2 tablespoons of natural sugar or honey. Directions. Place all the ingredients into blender at the same time and blend until all the ingredients are smooth. Chill and serve cold. A natural electrolyte pedialyte drink alternative. It's easy to make a natural electrolyte drink at home, using ingredients that you probably already have in your kitchen, without the artificial ingredients that are in Pedialyte. I like that this recipe is 100% in line with the World Health Organization and UNICEF recipe and guidelines for oral rehydration salts, DIY natural Pedialyte ingredients recipe for babies and children. 6 teaspoons of sugar. Remember that children under 12 months of age should not have honey, so no substitutions. Half a teaspoon of salt. 1 liter or 4.2 cups of filtered drinking water. If you've got organic sugars and natural sea salt, that's all the better. Sea salt contains minerals. Mix all the ingredients in a clean jar and refrigerate. Double check and make sure you're using the precise amounts of each ingredient. Too much sugar can make diarrhea symptoms worse. And too much salt can also be harmful. Encourage a dehydrated child to drink as much of this Pedialyte alternative as possible. Children under age 2 need a minimum of half a cup of this drink after each bout of diarrhea. Children age over age 2 need a minimum of one cup of this drink after each bout of diarrhea. If you need to, you can spoon feed your child this solution. This drink will replenish your child with the liquid and nutrients that are lost during diarrhea diarrhea or loose stools normally last for fewer than four days so be wary trips to the beach or swimming pools can create the illusion of hydration after all our bodies are in the water the water spray and breeze are cooling to our skin we feel exhilarated and drinking water is probably not on our mind but this is a prime time to be aware that we need to drink water exercise the hot rays of the sun and extended time outside all need to be factored into our fluid intake hydrate well before taking that long walk on the beach. If you will be gone for more than an hour, take some water along. Older adults naturally have a lower volume of water in their bodies and may have conditions or take medications that increase the risk of dehydration. Older people aren't able to conserve water as well as they used to when younger. The sense of thirst becomes less acute and the body's ability to respond to changes in temperature is diminished. This means that even seemingly minor illnesses, such as infections affecting the lungs or bladder, can result in dehydration in older adults. Of course, this condition can happen in any age group simply by not consuming an adequate amount of water, especially during hot summer months, or if there is an inadequate fluid intake during prolonged exercise. It also happens because the body is losing fluids quicker than they are being replaced. This can happen due to vomiting and diarrhea, but also in exercise. Small sips of water taken at frequent, regular intervals can prevent dehydration in these situations. You can usually reverse mild to moderate dehydration by drinking more fluids, but severe dehydration needs immediate medical treatment. Treat it as early as possible. Adequate hydration should be a priority consideration in times of crisis, whether you are bugging out or staying put. In either case, having sufficient fluids, purification, and storage strategies in place is essential. So the symptoms of dehydration. Thirst isn't always a reliable early indicator of the body's need for water. Many people, particularly older people, don't feel thirsty until they're already dehydrated. That's why it's important to increase water intake during hot weather or when you're ill. The signs and symptoms of dehydration also may differ by age. In an infant or a young child, they could have dry mouth and tongue, no tears when crying, no wet diapers for three hours, sunken eyes and cheeks, sunken soft spot on the top of the skull, and listlessness or irritability. In an adult, extreme thirst, less frequent urination, dark colored urine, foul smelling urine, fatigue, dizziness, and mental confusion. People with chronic or acute illnesses, can have kidney disease, diabetes, forgetfulness, forgetting to drink or eat. If you are the caregiver for an older person, make sure to keep track of the amount of fluid ingested daily. Setting a schedule for drinking can be a useful reminder. Keep a list of intake and, if needed, of output. It's often easy to get busy or preoccupied and forget to drink, or sometimes even otherwise healthy individuals need a reminder to drink water. Sore throat or bronchitis make it more painful and difficult to drink, making one more susceptible to dehydration. The Mayo Clinic gives these guidelines. Call your family doctor if you or your loved one has had diarrhea for 24 hours or more. My comment, call even on a weekend when doctor's offices are closed. There should always be an on-call doctor available to answer questions or make recommendations to take care of the situation. Is irritable or disoriented? is much sleepier or less active than usual, can't keep down fluids, and has bloody or black stool. Water is to your body as oil is to your car engine. Our bodies are made up of about 60% water, 70% of our muscles, and 85% of our brains. Every system depends on water. It's like oil to a machine. People often think that when they get a little shaky they should eat something, but studies have shown that the body is often just begging for water. The next time you get shaky or feel fuzzy brained, try drinking a glass of cool water and see if things clear up fairly quickly. Proper hydration is important for healthy skin, hair, and nails, as well as controlling body temperature, heart rate, kidney function, and blood pressure. Water is needed for good digestion and elimination. It is necessary for absorption or vitamins and nutrients from our food. It is a critical part of detoxifying the liver and kidneys and carrying away the toxins that often accumulate and make us ill. If your urine becomes cloudy or foul smelling, start drinking a lot. So drinking water is not just a good thing to do. It's indispensable if we want to be as healthy as we can be. It's definitely essential, says Jim White, registered dietitian and personal trainer in Virginia Beach, Virginia and American Dietetic Association spokesman. What we're finding is so many people are deficient, he notes. We're seeing a huge decrease in athletic performance and an increase in fatigue that's caused by the lack of hydration. Alcohol is a huge dehydrator. So one key factor in maintaining hydration is keeping the proper balance of electrolytes. When you sweat, you lose electrolytes. Without them, in proper balance, you can become dehydrated. So a few fun ways to drink more water. Some people have a hard time drinking water straight up. If that is your challenge, try adding lemon, lime, or other citrus to your pure water. Adding raspberries or strawberries to plain sparkling water may be the answer for you. Making a water, fruit, veggie infusion may be just what the doctor ordered. There are a large variety of drink infusers on the market, from infusion pitchers to double-walled insulated fruit infuser sport water bottles and small single-serving add-in infusers cucumber and mint in an infuser water bottle is so light and refreshing and so there's a couple of uh, infusers here um, just that you can link to i think they go to amazon Uh, i actually saw one one time where you can connect it to a uh, you have an infuser that you can connect to a mason jar and just use a mason jar to drink out of so uh, there's all different ways that you can do that all right continuing on If you drink highly sugared drinks in the quantities of water needed for good hydration, you will quickly be consuming a dangerous amount of sugar and sugar stresses every body system. Normally the body craves pure water. Make an iced herbal tea and have it handy in your refrigerator or bring it along when you take a road trip by using a small ice chest or an insulated sports water bottle bring along several for christmas i bought several red court size bottled or double walled insulated bottles for my kids and their spouses they keep water ice cold even if you leave it in the hot closed car for four or five hours so making water drinking options available ahead of the time they are needed is key to following through with the goal of higher water intake sometimes we awaken with a headache or we develop one during the afternoon Don't reach for the pain reliever, reach for a long tall glass of water instead. Dehydration is a major cause of headache. You may be surprised at how quickly a glass of water brings on clearer thinking as well as headache relief. Are you hungry and it is nowhere near mealtime? Often that feeling of hunger is a trigger that our bodies need water. Many fruits are great sources of water. Watermelon is 90% water grapefruits oranges grapes and melons like cantaloupe and honeydew supply a wonderful sweet spring of water that most everyone enjoys just be careful to limit fruit for diabetics now although not as obvious many vegetables provide a good amount of water cucumbers tomatoes celery some lettuce red orange and yellow peppers are a few of them green peppers are more likely to trigger indigestion because they are not ripe. so there you go just toss the salad together and increase your hydration Alright so now making your own water pouches. This is a great way to store individual servings for mid-term use at least 5 years. This brings us to storing an emergency water supply. Although long-term water storage is not the focus of this article, I thought it would be a good time to share a hack we developed through experimentation about 5 years ago. It is not meant to replace various long-term water storage methods. As our family was revamping, updating, and streamlining our food and water preparedness supplies, I wanted to have a quick, easy, and portable short-term water supply, perhaps something that would travel well in a vehicle, backpack, or 72-hour kit. What we came up with was inexpensive and it has been more durable than expected. If you've ever considered purchasing the Daytrex Individual Serving Water Pouches, here are some good things to compare before you make the purchase. Daytrek is one of the more popular single-use water storage options. Daytrek 4 ounces of water per pouch costs $0.50 to $1.20 per pouch. Prices vary widely. This hack is 15 to 20 ounces of water per pouch and it costs $0.10 per pouch. It's easy to make these DIY water pouches. You can use either 5 or 7 mil mylar bags. The size bag I use is a 12 inch by 13 inch. I experimented with pouch sizing and determined that dividing the bag equally into three sections, approximately 4 by 13, was best for ease of filling and sealing. Note, in case you are concerned about using Mylar, which is a PET, polyethylene terephthalate, it has been used for many years with no adverse effects to health and has become a material of choice for bottling beverages, such as mineral water and carbonated soft drinks. It also is used for microwave food trays and food packaging films. It has been tested many times through the years and is FDA approved. So I was fortunate enough to have a commercial impulse sealer. It's not mine that was being stored at my home and I was free to use it. A machine like that could set you back about $850. During the time we stored it, we sealed hundreds of pounds of food. Friends came and used this gorgeous machine. When the water idea came up, my husband and I experimented till we figured things out, then we sealed for hours. There are sealers on the market starting at about $50 and up, but I have not used them so can't comment with any first-hand knowledge. I have heard of people using hair straightening irons. The sealing portion of a seal a meal or food saver device would probably be too small to work on the longer end of the Mylar pouch. I don't know if they make an extra large model. The liquid might also be problematic but not to worry there is an easy inexpensive alternative you can use your iron as the sealer it won't hurt the appliance just make sure it is set to the high setting but since there can be variable temperatures between irons you can experiment a few times to see what really works for you do a few pouches at first then test the seal by being a little rough toss one around drop it on the floor even squeeze it outside To see how much it will take the seal should be quite sturdy this is just a test to see if your iron is sealing as it should avoid any kinks or bubbles in the seal remember you can cut off the sealed top just below the seal empty some of the water fill dry the lip and reseal so how to seal simply heat seal the open side except the tops we did all of the pouches first then fill them with water but only to the point that we could fold the top slightly over a hard surface and align it to seal without spillage it works well if you can place the very top of the bag over the edge of a hard surface about a half inch allowing the water filled part to hang down and guys that's uh you know they talk about using a two by four here and that's uh, i talked about that in my uh, video making uh, diy food buckets and that's exactly how i did it as well so just with a two x four and an iron it works very well if you get water at the ceiling edge just wipe it off inside and out with a clean cloth making sure it is dried completely fold it over the edge of an old table oh, a two by four etc you may want to use a thin kitchen towel between the old tabletop and the iron Run the hot iron over half an inch of the Mylar top until it is sealed well over the entire length of it. Here's where your prior testing comes in handy. Hang in there. You'll soon get into the rhythm. Having another person to help makes it a little easier. Note, if you plan to do a lot of these, it's faster to work with a partner in a fill and seal assembly line. You can fill from a pitcher or faucet, but you'll need to create a way for the waiting to be sealed pouch to stand up up and not spill over we used a straight sided glass water pitcher but use your creativity and use whatever you have available to make it work it was actually a lot of fun mistakes and all we found that we liked the 15 to 20 ounce size the best we tried to make the smaller pouches but it was difficult to make the very small four ounce pouch because the water kept spilling out when we used the impulse sealer and who drinks half a cup of water anyway it seemed much too small. We liked the idea of knowing that the water we sealed up was pure and did not contain preser- preservatives or impurities. We didn't even add a few drops of bleach because we didn't know if that was acceptable with mylar. We opened a pouch at the two-year mark and had it tested for purity then again at the three-year mark. There was no change either year. Each year remained the same as the baseline testing done at the time of filling. We skipped the fourth year test at the fifth year test the water remained pure. The day check has an expiration date of five years so we figured that would probably be our expiration date on the DIY. We'll test again next year but it was reassuring to know that our little project produced consistently pure drinking water for five years and counting. Notice the small notch at the upper right corner where the arrow is pointing so there's a picture here of the pouches that were made. This is the tear line. When the pouch is held upright there is room to make the tear without spillage. We didn't do this to all of the pouches as we thought it might compromise the integrity of the seal. So far that hasn't happened but I should take a couple of pouches in my backpack on an all-day foraging hunt and see if one remains well sealed. The others will be used. 7 mil mylar is pretty rugged so I think it will remain intact. So final thoughts on preventing dehydration. Be aware of the signs of dehydration and act immediately if these signs develop. Pay close attention to how you are feeling and how long it has been since you have had a drink of water. The general theory is to drink half of your weight in ounces per day. That is, if your weight is 100 pounds, drink 50 ounces of water per day. But I have refrained from saying drink X ounces of water a day because all of our fluid intake doesn't come from water, so it's hard to quantify amounts. Activity, illness, and weather may increase need. Pay attention to the urinary output of little children and babies. A dry diaper for a longer period than usual is a good indicator that they are dehydrated. Act quickly. Think of alternative ways to increase fluid intake, like fruits and vegetables, infusions, herbal teas, etc. Consider your water storage. The bare survival minimum recommendations to have on hand is 1 gallon per day per adult. Nursing mothers need more. We are not talking about long-term water bricks and barrels and other massive methods here. That could be another article. Just basic survival amounts. Do you have a travel filtration system, a life straw Sawyer filter, or other filtration systems that are no, that you know how to use? Have the basic rehydration solutions ready and available at a moment's notice. It can mean the difference between life and death if you have no way to get medical help and know when and how to use them. It might be helpful to keep a copy of these hydration recipes handy, and/or to have the Gatorade and Pedialyte in your pantry. All right, so great article there, long article, a lot of good information. Definitely about the dehydration, something that we need to remember as we're going into our summer months here in the United States. Um, but you know, definitely something that uh, you know, even if you're not in the summer. Uh, you know, out in the heat, you can still be dehydrated. Right. And so uh, that's one thing just uh, again to point out there. Uh, don't forget about the recipes here to make that, you know, the Pedialyte you know, or the, the recipes to, uh, to boost your electrolytes. Uh, I think that those are always uh, worth having. And then also just the the pictures here on the mylar bags that they use to uh, to seal in the water pouches, I think is a great idea. And if you're trying to save, you know, you're trying, you have a bug out bag and you're trying to make some uh, water pouches to save some space, that might be the way the the way to go, right? And this, of course you would keep it possibly at the top of your bag so it wouldn't uh, get squashed. Uh, the problem with that is that it could leak all over everything maybe you would want to double bag it or something you know uh put those in like a freezer bag or i don't know so there's always ways of doing it but i, I thought that was a great idea and something uh something to try uh, out there so uh, it's not it's not hard to do at all anybody can really do that one So guys, that's over at Backdoor Survival. There's tons of uh, pictures here, and like I said, a lot of good stuff that you can come check out. Comment section as well. You might want to come and check out the comment section on both of these articles. AskAPrepper.com has uh, you know a a nice little following. They they always have a good amount of uh, comments, and then over at Backdoor Survival, uh, there's 19 comments on this article as well. So uh, a lot of good stuff here, and uh, hopefully you'll go take a look at it. All right, guys, that's it for episode 294. A lot of good stuff. Felt like I could talk a whole lot uh, today. Probably talked way too much uh, on on this one. And so, uh, again, like I said, guys, hopefully you will be uh, looking out for episode 295 Uh, tomorrow's episode. I am going to be very excited about sharing this new idea, this new project And uh, I hope it's going to be a blessing to the preparedness community. I hope it'll be a blessing to you. And so, like I said, tomorrow's podcast is going to be a little bit different uh, as far as I'm not going to be reading any articles. I'm just going to be sharing about this project. So uh, hopefully you will tune in. Hey, guys, don't forget about Prepper website. We have tons of great articles over there. And don't forget about the email list. If you haven't signed up, when you do, you get automatically enrolled into the e-course, the free e-course, Building a More Self-Reliant Life and uh, i think it's uh you know some good information that gets sent automatically to your email you can print it off uh, or you can you know just bank it in in a folder in your email and uh, you know keep it for later on if uh if you can't get to it right away but i think it's good information to have and with that choose to live a more self-reliant life choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind until tomorrow stay prepped and aware peace